You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for ya. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. Now I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me again during this quarantine series is the one and only Captain Nunn. What's going on? And this week we are very happy and proud to introduce Carly fucking... Carly fucking Fox. <laughs> I was going to say, I love the intro. It's like I, I, was, I was in the uh, kitchen just getting like a drink and everything, and uh, Kat was like, Carly fucking Fox has entered the room. I was like, yes! <laughs> just want to have you like saved as like contacts and stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> so welcome, Carly. How's it going? Great. You know, just fucking dealing with the corona, making the best of it. <laughs> You're doing good. You're hanging in. Everything going smoother for you now. Yeah, it's it's good to see that everybody's kind of getting normal or like normalized to it. And like, yeah. okay, we're going to be in our house all day. What do we do now? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, at the end, beginning of every January, everybody's just like, well, if I got this much time now, I'm going to start getting in shape or whatever. And then naturally a yeah. few days later, they just become fat sacks of shit going like, nah, <laughs> I'm comfortable <laughs> now. Out in, your neck of the woods, <laughs> out in your neck of the woods, how are people treating it still? Um, so I'm in Ohio actually mm-hmm. right now and here it's like pretty chill. You know, they like shut down everything to begin with, but now they're right. starting to open businesses back up. That's cool. And I'm, I mean, it's, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just yeah. like, I'm still not going to go places it's until it's like, it doesn't fully- matter to musicians really right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We still can't exactly. do our stuff because anything we would do, any venue we'd play is in phase two and three. And even then it's still going to be limited, at least where we are in North Carolina, even when the phases open back up, it's going to be limited to like 50 to a hundred people. <laughs> and it's oh, like, yeah. so <laughs> they're talking about like getting apps set up to like scan people for, uh, that may and may or may not have had it or whatever. I too. don't think that's even going to get through. I've seen all kinds of crazy shit like drive in theater, like concerts are probably going to be a thing now too for like bigger acts. If they want to keep playing anytime soon. I know, right? That's actually kind of an exciting idea. I've never been to a drive-in theater for like theater purposes, but I would mm-hmm. definitely go for to see the bands. I mean, that's better than not seeing any bands at all. I mean, that's kind of true too. And I guess they would hook up like their uh, front of house mix in like a stereo or something like that or through your car uh, radio. Yeah, I kind of do it, figure out a way to do it old style where it comes through AM or FM. I don't know. Or it'd just be loud enough for you to just roll your windows down. Yeah. But right. no, uh, but kind of on that topic, uh, you you pretty much hopped on early on doing your uh, live streams. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the live streams have been pretty awesome. I would definitely recommend it to anybody who has an acoustic set or whatever, mm. because I mean, some people are gonna really enjoy that. I've been really enjoying watching other people's, and even like with their bands that they do with like at clubs, but the club is closed and whatnot. Yeah. I've been loving seeing that, and on top of it, some people. We'll buy your merch and shit. So that's oh, good. Yeah. Like, still do that. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, was that kind of an odd transition for you to do that? Or have you been kind of used to kind of playing to the digital world, if that makes any sense? 
Um, it's weird. Like the weirdest thing of all of it is after you get done playing a song and you know, usually you're used to like, woo, yeah, that's great, great, woo. And then it's like nothing. It's just you being like, yay, go me. Yeah. It's like <laughs> typing. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We, we experienced that because, um, right, right as all this hit, the very first shows we had to cancel was our album release shows. We, we were, had vinyl pressed, all that stuff. We were like, yeah. we still want to do something. So our local record store, Repo Record, allowed us to set up after hours and play a show there. And the entire time when we're setting up, everyone's like, this is going to be weird. It's going to be weird. I'm like, pretend it's band practice. Right. No one's cheering <laughs> us on at band practice. Just pretend it's band practice, but we're just, we're playing to the laptop. Exactly. <laughs> so no, so I don't know. I've always kind of had that mentality with it and I've always been kind of interested in technology. So I guess just for my sort of personality type, I suppose this didn't feel too much of a shift, but I like kind of talking with people that, you know, is it is kind of, you know, a new thing for them and kind of seeing like the progression because at this point it seems like you're pretty comfortable with it, even through, you know, a zoom conversation like this. Oh, right. Yeah. There's been a lot of things like that. I've been kind of taking advantage of the time and like, mm -hmm. okay, radio interview, 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 yes. get the album out there. Shit. And I mean, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like you're, so you're doing it smart. Mm -hmm. I was going to say your hustle has been like pretty strong since I've been, uh, the rumors first came on my radar and I started following you that y'all's uh, presence has been like consistent online and the, with the new music announcements and like pushing new material and things like that. Like y'all are on the ball as far Absolutely. as uh, digital marketing for sure. Thanks. We try. I get behind sometimes and I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot we have Instagram. Shit. We all do it. We all do it. <laughs> but my, my one platform I always forget because I feel like we're kind of in the same boat on the promo platforms. But yeah, I the one I always forget is Twitter. I'm pretty good oh, at my God. Facebook and Instagram, but Twitter barely gets touched. But it's like I still have notifications on. So like if someone tags us in something, all of a sudden I hop back on because I'm like, okay, there's people interested. And then it's like that right. dies and I'm like, ah, never mind. I'm not have oh, Twitter anymore. I couldn't tell you if that works by any means. It's always been Facebook. And I even made him make a Twitter at one point because uh, our guitarist <laughs> had a Twitter. I'm just like, all right, I've got one. Our guitarist has one. You need to make one, man. That way we can all interact. It'll boost our analytics, you know, get conversations going. He had it for like two weeks and then like no one, <laughs> no, I'm bored. It's like, I hate social media anyway, but I, <laughs> I know that it's like one of the few platforms we're going to get anytime soon as far as pushing our shit out. And that's all it's good for, for me. Right. I hear that. I, Twitter's good to like, for comedy to me, Yeah. but I'm like, I just forgot about the band page at that point. I'm just like, I just need to delete the account at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Twitter was good for like, I used to watch a lot of sports and Twitter was good for a lot of like sports parody pages and just like shit talking. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So do you find that you actually enjoy any sort of the like social media aspects or are you just kind of torn where it's like, if you didn't have the band, you wouldn't even just even bother with it. Um, Cause I teeter with that sometimes there, there's days where I'm sitting, you're going like, man, if I didn't have the band and all the podcast, I wouldn't even bother with any of this crap. <laughs> right. I know. I think Instagram's pretty cool. I find yeah. a lot of like inspiration stuff there. Like I'm really into hair and makeup and all of that. Oh, that's so awesome. I, like, stay on top of like how the shag haircuts look in these days on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But as for Facebook, it's like a bunch of my relatives that I'm like, <laughs> you just kind of roll your eyes at. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh no, can't post a picture of me with a cigarette because it's all going to be like, is that a cigarette oh. in your hand? And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> like, please, I really, of all things, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> Mom, can I please share my devil music with my friends? <laughs> I know that was a hurdle you kept having to get over. It's like, mom, I'm not in some devil rock and roll band. I'm not going to do bad stuff. Oh, yeah. I come from like a uh, country town, Tennessee, where like devil music is a very real thing still. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. it's got to be entertaining at least. It's hilarious. <laughs> Especially since my dad was responsible for my obsession with Black Sabbath. <laughs> I know, right? Right. But uh, you're talking about how uh, social media is only good for so many things, but I use it to discover new bands especially bands of like our ilk and things like that too and Mm -hmm. when the first time we ever met was at down south showdown at atlanta yeah last yeah last spring when you played with barbecue and that was one of those deals where it's since i was looking for bands that played like us i did my research on like the lineups and all that too and you know kind of like uh started getting familiar with everybody so i was backstage kind of like being that guy going like, oh, you're such and such from this band. Oh, you're such and, and I'm such from this band, right? I'm sitting here being a neurotic mess due to events that happened that day. <laughs> I'm just sitting back here going, I, this is the time I should be sitting here talking to people, but I'm sitting here just being a nervous wreck, trying to come down from all this. Just, oh. It comes back here like, someone needs to use our amps. And I'm like, God damn it, you yep. just do whatever. Do whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It was me. <laughs> it was you. I'm glad. I'm glad we had that crummy old amp too. I was afraid that was going to blow out too. So I was like, we have one. <laughs> yeah, because we brought like tiny amps with us. We brought like so many backups for backups for this event. And it's like the one thing we couldn't control was dictating our entire evening. But still, it was like. So yeah, thankfully we did have that crummy amp. And he's like asking my permission to use. Oh yeah, his amp because and ap- I'm like. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> because of said of said events, I was enjoying myself way too much while all this was going on. I know, me too. <laughs> wild, wild weekends. Love chase for it. Was that your uh, first showdown or your first uh, festival appearance um, in Atlanta with uh, that kind of uh, audience? Yeah, it was fucking great. That was honestly like one of the best shows I've ever played in my life because it was so much fun. And there's like you put all the real rock and rollers together, you know, like the people that are committed and like have dedicated their heart and soul to rock and roll. And it's like, yes, there's more of us. What? Doesn't that blow your mind? Yes. I was like, there's so many leather jackets. There's so many shag haircuts. There's so many mullets. I love my life. (laughs) (laughs) We ran into the same thing. It's like uh, the first band to bring us to Atlanta was uh, a band at the time to stir. They're now like machines. But shortly after, you know, we started meeting up with bands like Ravagers that were coming down to Atlanta a lot, you know, stuff like that. And Cap knew about Biters. So within like two or three times of us playing down there, we get on the showdown bill and we get there and we're just like, holy fuck fuck same experience as you were it's like that was the first time it was like that time we were like yes there is more like us so it's really cool that there were so many people that evening kind of having that yes there's more of us that night and then barbie cutie uh, gets on stage with their susie quattro get ups and mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was that was fun <laughs> was that your uh, first uh, show with barbie cutie or you had had you been uh, playing with them for a while uh, leading up to that i think that we I, we did the California tour before that. So I had played with them out there for like a week or something. Mm-hmm. And then that was our second time meeting up. And I was super happy. Gabby hit me up to do it because I was like, yes, I want to go to this so bad. <laughs> Hell yeah. And also there's no better feeling than getting in a fucking leather jumpsuit and playing with your Les Paul on and like right? rocking the fuck out. So I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> That's <laughs> the yeah. best. No, nah, but uh, as uh, Barbecue's got new music out too. Were you any part of that at all, or uh, is it, what's been going on in that camp lately? Um, after we had a thing happen, and I didn't play with them anymore. But like, all is good there. But yeah, Gabby put gotcha. out a new. Um, like a seven inch recently, and it has uh, two of the songs on it that she wrote past the first Barbecue album, and it fucking rips. And I think they recorded that up in Minneapolis with Travis gotcha. Rahman, and he's a badass rock and roller up in Minneapolis. So awesome. keep that guy in mind. <laughs> Excellent, will, certainly will. So you've been kind of connect connected to this circuit, this little uh, just a nationwide rock and roll scene for a while now, haven't you? Yeah. After I saw Biders, we had opened for them in Des Moines or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this exists. And then I kind of <laughs> just like went around and looked to the bands that were tied to them. And I got into all the bands. And I'm like, fuck, we got to be a part Same of this. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It. They've, they've been kind of the gateway band for this entire circuit, at least for the last few years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming shortly after Barbecue is when you got rumors up and going or at least joined on. Um. So... The Rumors is my band from, yes. like, I started it in 2014. Oh, okay. Um, our bass player was pregnant last year. So I was like, well, if we're not going to be playing shows, I might as well go be in another band. Gotcha. So, <laughs> you know? So I, but yeah, The Rumors have been my band forever. They're my my little baby. Oh, where you write all the, write all the songs and arrange everything. And it's like, you're, you call the shots for the most part. For the most part, yeah. We like a lot of the songs I write and I bring to practice and my drummer mm-hmm. and I will jam on it and, you know, really lay everything out and then we'll get the whole band together and then we're like, sweet. That's, that's easy. awesome. See, <laughs> and I like kind of hearing the different um, ways musicians kind of do songwriting because that, that that's definitely kind of. I'm a lot more collaborative now as I've kind of progressed some, but I am very much kind of in your style where it's like, if I get to the point where I feel like I've got a song front to back, it's sitting each individual member down going, okay, this is what I'm hearing on your end. You can modify it some, but this is at least the vibe I'm hearing. And we'll jam that out and then we'll all get together and then it's tightening it up. But great. But honestly, we do work the best where it's just kind of like someone throws out the riff, someone kind of bounces off it, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. At least without, and this is no slam to drummers, but it's honestly easier without drummers <laughs> because sometimes they'll start playing. And, yeah, because sometimes they'll start playing something where it'll be slightly off that groove that you have in your head. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, don't get, per- don't get drummer permanized with that. <laughs> because <laughs> because drummers will hear that certain beat in their head and it's sometimes hard to break them away from that at least i've found no our problem is, is that we're always in drummer limbo so we're writing these songs in between <laughs> drummers so then oh, when yeah. the next guy comes along we're just like all right do this on this part <laughs> we've been working on this for months <laughs> but if the drummer comes up with something cool and we have to rewrite oh, it right yeah, around it we do all that too Right. Uh, definitely throws a like interesting wrench in the works, but sometimes a good one, you mm, know, it does. And y'all got a killer drummer too. Like I've seen videos of him playing online and I think he's like super fucking solid. No, the whole, ba- the whole band is tight and that record is amazing. Thank you so much. Everybody oh, in the yes. band does fucking kill it. Like we've been together for almost five years or more and right. it's like the chemistry is just there now. So it's just mm-hmm. like, at least musically, all the time it's like 
cool. Stu's going to write that part and it's going to fucking rip. Ella's going to be slaying on that bass. And Daniel always fucking kills the drums. Just like four to the floor, man. And I'm like, that's all I need. And it's been the same lineup for that whole time. Um, I had a couple of different people at the very, very beginning, but four of the five years that we've been together, it's been this lineup. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Have you always been, uh, singing and writing songs, uh, long before you uh, formed a band um for a couple of years yeah i got kind of late i start well i was a little late starting i think i started playing guitar when i was 15 okay and then when i was 16 i was like oh i can sing cool <laughs> and then i started writing songs <laughs> good who, who uh who were you listening to when you were like getting right. started like what was the uh what was the catalyst to uh like your style that you formulated over the years uh, Joan Jett. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> so that was Joan Jett was like the first one you heard that was just like, oh shit, that that's like yeah. my band. <laughs> She's my girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. Oh man. I my mom took me to see her when I was 14, turning 15. Oh, yes. And I saw her and I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. And then so the I'm next assuming day, you had a pretty damn cool mom. Right. Dude, she's the best. I love her. And it's Mother's Day. Right. Yes. So happy Hi, Mother's Mom. Day to all the mamas hearing it out there late. My mama hadn't <laughs> called me back yet. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I tried. Now if, she get, now, if she fusses at me tomorrow, I'll be like, I tried, mama. I just got to wait on you. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to me. <laughs> what if I wanted to talk to my mom on Mother's Day? Mom. How dare I? <laughs> So yeah, and you said uh, grabbing your dad's guitar. So your dad was uh, pretty musical. No, I think he just went through a thing where he had a guitar and an acoustic guitar, and he took lessons for a while as a kid. And then he just ha- my grandparents happened to have it forever, mm-hmm. and I was just interested in it. And I was like, "Fuck that acoustic guitar! I'm going to get that electric guitar, and I'm going to learn how to play power chords." Hell yeah! <laughs> Do you remember your first guitar? Uh, what it was? Um, my very first guitar I got when I was. 10 mm-hmm. and i just couldn't figure out guitar at that point but it was right. uh it was a little a classic like classical acoustic guitar and i fucking hated it <laughs> you don't want to play willie nelson songs on it i was like these strings feel weird i don't ugh. <laughs> i can't do power chords on this <laughs> yeah right it's a cool guitar though it's beautiful <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure well what was your first uh you don't uh, what was your first electric um, it was my dad's electric guitar and it was a 1971 Harmony Bobcat. Fuck wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a good one to start that with, with, right? What? Where's that one? Is it, uh, just, in, is it in a shop somewhere now or do you hang on to it? It's, I think it's in my closet at my dad's house. There you go. Great. Yeah. What was, uh, were, did you have, uh, was there a community of, uh, classic rock, uh, uh, music fans uh, as you were starting and forming bands uh, that wanted to get in the same kind of music as you were as far as creating? Um, a little bit. I had some friends in my art class, of course, that were pretty cool. And my one friend, Sam, we started out doing like an acoustic like duet type of deal. I played right. guitar thing. We sometimes both sing and she was like so into Aerosmith. So nice. I was like, obviously this bitch is cool, so we can try that. <laughs> and we tried to start a band, it didn't really work out. And then I, some kids in my high school that were like 
in my economics class or something. <laughs> they were like, oh, we, like, we want to be in a band. So let's, I was like, yeah, I'll teach you how to play bass. Cause that, you know, you can figure that out. Oh yeah. And, right. right cap. <laughs> no offense to bass players. <laughs> There's a difference between a good bass player and a bad bass player, but there is. <laughs> you can learn. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> At least get the job done until somebody else comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just play the open E for a while. It's fine. Just ride that eighth note. Just pretend you're fucking Cliff Williams or some shit. Right, exactly. Just pretend. There you go. <laughs> Perception is reality. You're fine. Exactly. So all bass players got to do is dress cool and shit like that. <laughs> Dude, speaking of, this is a good story for about bass players and my bass yes. player. We had that same thing happen one night. It was actually the night we opened for Biters. Right. And... I was dating this really horrible dude at the time and Ooh. he came to the show and we were fighting. So my bass player and our other friend were drinking in the back of the car on the way to the show mm -hmm. and they got fucking hammered cause they couldn't handle it. And I don't blame them. Right. <laughs> so Arnella gets up on stage and the whole show, she's just like rocking out and looking cool, but she's just sliding her finger up and down the E string. <laughs> It's like Nashville it was, pussy or some shit. Yeah, just like, Whoa. <laughs> you know? but you know, Tuck still liked us, so I was like, sweet, it's fine. Yeah, because exactly, perception is reality. You had the attitudes, you had the passion, there you and go. everything else, and that goes a long way. Yes, exactly. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> well, well, not even fake it till you make it, but that was one of the things that um, that drew me to you know, especially Barbecue, because I haven't you know been able to see Rumors Live yet. But at least you know that alone, because there were so many bands going on that day. And again, talking about me being a mess, that was the first band that like as soon as it came on, I heard it from backstage, and I went, oh wait a minute. And I got up <laughs> and it's like, and I had to come out and it's like, and I filmed a little bit of it because it's like that sort of passion and rawness, you know, just that you exude, you know, when you play that just comes through and it, and you combination of the look, the presence and well, everything was rock and roll shit. Well, absolutely. But <laughs> you, you play with such a way that you don't see that often. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And, and that, and that's one of the things I admire about you as a guitarist. Thanks. I appreciate that. I'm trying to remember if I remember your guys set or not. Probably not. We, there wasn't a lot of people we were, there, so it's totally fine. Yeah, we went on like what, second. What day was it? Was it the same night as us? It was the same night as y'all. Yeah, it was yeah that we were second. Saturday. So yeah. it, we, it was like six o'clock. Oh my God, dude. I, I don't even remember. Like that yeah. shit got out of control there. It did. And, I was and that's like, why anytime I'm dude. just like, if you don't remember, I don't fucking blame you. Well, <laughs> been, to make it up, maybe we should just like book some gigs in the future when we're allowed to play together oh, again. Dude, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I've said it a few times on these different episodes, but it's like, I'm not the kind of guy that reaches out and is like, hey, let's do shows. Cause it feels like, you know, someone always feels like there might be that ulterior motive, like, oh, they just want to piggyback or coat or you know oh, right. they, you know oh they just want something out of us but it's like fuck that after this shit gets lifted i am hitting up everybody yeah. let's do shows motherfuckers. Right? <laughs> so, and, and brown knows and at this point everybody wants to play oh yeah <laughs> i know right seriously it's crazy right now like we actually had a venue hit us up a couple of days ago asking if we wanted to play in june and i was like what yeah is that even a thing? <laughs> Yeah, it's like most people are looking at like mid to late July at this point. <laughs> I know right. it. We're thinking about like uh, the first show. We have something, you know, crossing our fingers, knocking on all the wood books at the uh, end of July. And that's the first tentative thing we have. And I'm just holding out for that so bad. 
even though it's oh going to be God. that far away. But I'm already seeing like bands getting booked in like June. I'm like, that's probably not going to last. And that Motley yeah, Crue like early June. And that Motley Crue tour hasn't been postponed yet. I know. I I want to see it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> just go for Tuck and Joan Jett and just kind of bail afterwards. <laughs> right. I love Motley Crue, however. So I'm like, yes, but Poison, I don't care. Definitely. I was gonna say, yeah, Poison, whatever. I watch Poison. <laughs> Watch out of those three, Poison being the most fun out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. That would be hilarious. No, and, and, I, and I kept an open... We, we've discussed this on early episodes. when Because, <laughs> hey, this used to be just <laughs> bullshitting around a table that slowly turned into an interview show. But I don't right. that. <laughs> but back then, we used to just bitch about bands we liked and didn't like. And Motley Crue was always in the bane of my existence. Yeah. I used to like kind of like them as a kid, especially like first couple albums. But then I saw them on that Kiss Motley Crue tour. And, oh, yeah. it, and it just, oh, it soured me so so bad okay. and it's like kiss is still my number one favorite band but even yeah. that show sucked uh, <laughs> i know it was a sad tour i was i think that was the first time i saw kiss so i was yeah. like oh my and that was God. the only time i ever got to and man i was even debating it leading up to it it was like everyone was like you're gonna go you're gonna go i'm like no 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 it's tommy thera and eric singer i'm an original four guy you know i'm not seeing the imposters in the makeup that kind of thing. Yeah. And literally the afternoon of like three hours before showtime, I'm like, <laughs> I look on Craigslist and I see like super cheap tickets and I'm like, fuck, I bet if I go there, I can just fucking scalp some off some dude. And sure enough, I show up there and he's like, lawn seats, 20 bucks. I'm like, fuck. All right, sure. And I toss him 20. I grab the tickets. I'll walk up to the booth. They're like, you can upgrade your seats for another 10 to like get these like really nice ones. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. All right, fine. <laughs> it's oh, like they just God. slowly suckered me in more and more as I got closer to the door. That's the thing about Kiss, uh, like anything around Kiss, they know how to sucker you and to get to oh, their show yes. <laughs> oh my god i did that one time too i like bought kiss tickets the day of the show and i just mm -hmm. fucking went by myself like three hours away i was like i don't care i'm going you're just like why not <laughs> they're gonna play fucking deuce they're gonna play fucking black diamond it's gonna be fine yeah was it, right? on, the, uh, was it on the last tour or uh, do you remember which one it was um yeah, it was last year sometime. Okay, yeah, so I the think. end of the road tour. I, I saw him on the on that run too, buddy. You remember how kind of bummed out I was when my friend uh, said I got kiss tickets, and I'm yeah. kind of like, uh, do I really want to? Then I like snapped out of it. I was like, yeah. I've never seen Kiss. Of course, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still holding strong. I was like, no, just no, no, don't worry about it. I don't want to go. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it already. At this point, like Kiss is one of those bands where, like, if you've seen them once in person, like this current iteration of them, you've seen them every time. Yeah, if it was That's Ace and Peter again, I'd be like, hey, Cap. <laughs> I know your buddy's good for like lawn seats. Let's see if we can do a little better this go around, okay? <laughs> God, what was what's probably been the uh, aside from Joan Jet because clearly that left an awesome impression on you. But what's probably been one of the coolest shows like that you've been able to see live? Um, I always say Tom Petty. Tom Petty put on the fucking greatest shows of all time. And I'm just I like, missed Tom Petty. Yes. I had a chance and I didn't go like a loser. <laughs> I almost did that too. And I was like, I can't do Tom like that. Like, yeah. I can't. He's going to put on a hell of a show and Mike Campbell is the greatest guitar player of all time. So that's not oh going to let God. you down either. Right. I know. It's so good. Everybody in that band's a killer and they had like 
female backup singers in the last like tour that they had. And I was damn, even they're killing it. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> I know him. It was, it was, they were masters at putting the right sounds together. And Tom had one of those sneaky catalogs where it's like, not it's like everyone knew his name, but it's like, you didn't realize how many hits he had. Yeah, until 10 years you started looking at 10 it. years ago. I didn't give a shit about Tom Petty. And then it stuck with me and I learned about songwriting. And then I saw it for how brilliant it was. Yeah. Oh my God. I still think like he's the best songwriter of all fucking time in my book. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely up there. Songwriting is just a new thing for me in general. So it's just fun to go back to folks. I didn't give a shit about 10 years ago and then embracing the good songs for what they are. Yeah, and actually speaking of songwriting and, you know, folks like Tom Petty, when you do your songwriting, do you find that your lyrics come first or a guitar riff comes first? Um, it depends on the day. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, sometimes I'll just be like, I'll wake up at like 6 a.m. and I'll be like, lyrics, here they are. And then I'll be like, why can't I fucking write this now? I can't come up with a guitar part. Shit. <laughs> the worst part is when you're out like having to do an errand, like grocery shopping or driving somewhere. You get that one clever line in your head. You're like, ooh, I got to wrap that into something. And then by the time you can type it in your phone or write it down, it's completely gone. Oh. I know. It's like, that could have been the hit that made me think. <laughs> I know that that could have been the one that could have been the one. Or I'll be at work at something and hear a guitar riff and be like, fuck. That's going to go away in a second. Right. Oh man. But now speaking of writing and stuff like that, new rumors album, suck it. It's full. It's full of uh, clever rhymes. And uh, I'll say this, this is meant to be a compliment. It's about as subtle as uh, Blackie Lawless and uh, Wasp. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's the goal, really. Yes. It's no, so I, it, And in fact, uh, my girlfriend, Raina, she has been, she bizzed that album. As soon as it came out, she like, sent me all texts. She's like, you've got to listen to the new album. <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. Give her a fucking, wah, for me. Oh, I certainly will. No, the Smith family uh, that runs the rim, they certainly love you guys. Ah, uh, dude. So, Mike, so nice. I fucking love them. I met <laughs> them down in Atlanta. And yes. I was like, holy fuck, these people are so great. And oh, I was yeah. excited because like, Jimmy and I hadn't been dating for that long and Brad came up and he's like, you're Jimmy's girlfriend, right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Cause they love the, they love Boba Flex up there for sure. Oh yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. I wish I could have seen them play up there before. I was like, damn, that sounds like it would, could have been like the best show ever. Well, that's where we have to make the new meetup place at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, cause that, that's the show we were talking about for late July is, uh, he's trying to do like a small little festival over there. So that's yeah. hopefully the next show that we've got is with, Smith family at the rim and rim fest or rim rocks. Rim fest. Rim fest. Rim that rocks. sounds disgusting. I know. It's yeah. like, everyone, everyone keeps it. It's, it's like, no, 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 no. It's rim rocks. It's rim rocks. Yes. Now we're trying to do that. And uh, they've been bringing a lot of bands from the Midwest uh, here recently, especially from uh, Chicago. Uh, being a Wisconsin band, being a Midwest band, do y'all make y'all's rounds uh, up through that way and kind of uh, plug into that scene a little bit? Oh my God. Chicago is my favorite fucking scene to play. Like, is it? We love it. Yes. I love the sh fucking Chicago scene. Everybody's like rock and roll as fuck. It's cool. They are supportive of the shows. They come out, they fucking party. Um, we play at the liars club. Yeah. Every time. I do. Yeah. It's the best fucking place. I love it. 
And we, See, we definitely want to get out that way because we've slowly made a lot of connections out that way between like Brad with Satanic Panic, our labels out there. Yeah, our way. labels in fucking Chicago. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so it's like right. we just we need to get up that way because it's like we've slowly made an audience out that way without even being up there. So it's, it's time to go see some folks. <laughs> yes, I'll come see the show. <laughs> yes, well, well, hopefully it'll be a show we do together. <laughs> I know, right? Fuck yes, yes. dude. Satanic Panic rules. I loved them. The right? First time we, like we played with them randomly, I think at Livewire. And I was like, it's so loud and great. Yes. And Brad is just a killer guitar player. I know, right? It was crazy when down at the showdown, um, I was like, where the fuck do I know this guy from? And then I saw <laughs> like the tattoo on his arm. I was like, the helicopters from Chicago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because he was playing in a uh, gunpowder gray yeah. for that uh, event. Yeah, and that was the first time he had met a lot of uh, folks from uh, the bands we're talking about, too. Yeah, because uh, he was on a, a, an episode, of, actually a few episodes ago at this point. Uh, we've been banking some, so it's, <laughs> a lot of them are running together. But yeah, uh, that actually, talking about you looking around going, oh, wow, there's more of us. He was doing the exact same thing. That was the first time he was exposed to all of that. So so Ch I really hope Chase knows just how much good he's doing and connecting all of these no, folks together no. and getting oh, us right. all connected. Uh. <laughs> It was such a good time. I want to do it again, but like this time, I'm not gonna take like go so hard because like the day Who's we left. Kidding, who? <laughs> Every time. No, seriously, I've been there a few times, and I'm never not leaving. Like the next day, even if I'm there for a day, I'm just waking up with like the most raging hangover and running on two hours of sleep. <laughs> right? It's the worst. It's like, hey, come kill yourself. Ah, this alcohol. motherfucker doesn't smoke cigarettes until he goes to Atlanta. Dude, you go to, <laughs> because everybody's just puffing away at fucking star bar. Nobody gives a shit. Right? I know. And then once you have some alcohol, it's like, ooh, cigarette sounds good. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're like around everybody that loves the exact same shit as you do. And they're all in the same boat as far as like touring and, and putting then, records and then together. And he's just super irritable for like the next few days afterward. And it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm coming down from the show and I don't have my fucking nicotine. <laughs> It's like Charlotte's four hours away. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That's a long drive, especially when you're hungover coming from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially for you guys too. I mean, that that's definitely not a short trip. Uh, I've never actually, well, no, I have driven to Atlanta before, but not for band shit. Yeah. Um, I just flew into Atlanta for that. And then oh, yeah, we took a car up to charlotte i think and then we stayed in richmond and then we went to new york and then i flew out from there so i was like yeah. sweet don't oh, have yeah. to drive across the country so clearly <laughs> you were fully accustomed to and love the road life and being say, on tour and everything else you're not squeamish when people go okay here's some dates for you road dog oh, no, i'm here. like fuck yes i don't have to fucking do regular things anymore yeah you, you would be surprised how many bands you run into that are just like eh, if it's not within a two mile radius we're not that interested yeah oh my god nothing makes me want to jump off a bridge more i'm like <sighs> i know <laughs> and seriously the only thing for me that winds up stopping is i still have a nine to five monday through friday so it's like we have to weekend dog it you know it's like we're the weekend warriors you know but it's like right. once, once this can subsidize at least rent <laughs> it's like man i'm gonna be on the road all the damn time right i know it's i love to be on the road i just i feel more at home on the road as cheesy as it sounds no, I, I definitely love it. And and that's been the one saving grace through all this, you know, like going up to West Virginia, even through the quarantine, you know, just to do a quick little small visit. And this, it's a five hour road trip, but you know what? 
being stuck in the damn house all the time. Five hour road trip was nice. You change the scenery and going up that way for me, like since I've been to Atlanta and West Virginia so many times now, it's like six and a half hour drive just feels like nothing to me at this point. I'm sure like you're in the same boat as far as like some halls. Like I've seen the room uh, where the rumors are like going through the West coast and stuff like that. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Long fucking drive. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that something that you had to slowly get accustomed to, or was it like after the first weekend run or, you know, five day run you did, it was like, oh, fuck, this is, I just want to keep doing it? Yeah, it was like that for the most part. Um, it's like until you start running out of money, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. it's good until then. But um, I think the first tour we went on was like really showed us the deal because it was a bigger tour. I think we had like 18 shows. Oh wow! On our first tour ever, and, and so we was were that like, the first time outside of like a little weekend run or anything, or like what? What was yeah. the build up to that? Um, we did a lot of weekend things. We would like sometimes hit up like three to four hours away from where yeah our home is at, and then this time they're like, we're gonna go to Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, like all over the Midwest, and we're like, right. cool, awesome. But it really showed us like some shit's going to go down on tour and you got to be able to deal with it. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like you, you just, you just have to learn how to roll with the punches the entire time. And people yeah. are fucking weird. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and you find that out quickly being in a van with them for a week straight. <laughs> or like people that come to shows like a uh, second or like you find out that little places like uh, Roanoke, Virginia, they'll just come up and just blatantly in front of God and everybody offer you speed. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like oh, that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, thanks. What about me said that I do hard drugs? <laughs> now, my favorite well, is when you're the band, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Totally. That, that's that's the reason. Yeah. It's not because we enjoy making music and being on the road and making new friends and enjoying life. No, it's because yeah, we just it's no. because we want to spend all our money and get fucked up every night. Sure. Man, you're just gonna shit exactly. on free drugs? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, from a stranger. Perfect. <laughs> I know, right? Never in the seen you before. In yeah, the middle of it. bumfuck Virginia. It's <laughs> not trouble at all. No. Oh god, no. And, and and especially, and I was kind of curious on that because I've I've not really been able to get on like a full tour again. But I got thrown in the deep end. Second band I was ever in. They were like, "All right, week and a half tour. First day we were in. We lived in uh, Virginia at that time." And uh, he's like, first day run, we're driving all the way up to New Jersey. So that was like a 10, 11 hour drive. And that was like Ugh. my first long ass road trip. And then we worked our way all the way down to North Carolina, backed up to Virginia within a week and a half, hitting stuff like Pittsburgh, Philly, Lima, Ohio, places like that on the way down. And yeah, that just, that broke me in. And then a few years later, I did merch for uh, Annie scene and uh, we did a Texas run. And the first uh -huh. date on that was like another like nine hour drive. So I'm like, okay, I'm fully broken in now. It's, all these road trips are nothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. With a band like that, they know when to like not be a chatty Kathy on the road for when you're in the car for five or six hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the worst thing you can have is that one passenger that just really doesn't catch that social cue of, okay, conversations kind of come to an end now. We all just need to enjoy the music or enjoy the silence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been, That's, I've been, we're, I've been, I was going to say, I've been drunk and been that guy before. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, when you're drunk at that point, it's just like, they're just like, shut up. You have yeah. to stop. 
But see, I'm I'm too nice to do that though. Instead, the only time I can think of it, we all went to uh, see the Super Suckers when they were doing their acoustic tour. And at that time, uh, we had actually started playing uh, from Eddie's solo project, uh, Empty. Uh, We had started playing that in our acoustic band. And (laughs) <laughs> he's already giggling about oh uh, he wanted a uh, super suckers wanted up playing it that night and he's losing his mind about it so he's a chatty kathy about it the whole ride back and he's just in the passenger seat so he's enjoying himself he's he's that wasn't driving he I wasn't was driving so he's he's just like, like he's just a, having a grand old time so he's finally hushed about the song and how cool it was and he's playing that song we're playing that song now too man like, yeah we are that is cool you're right <laughs> i'm just a bass player don't shoot me <laughs> and then Every song that came on the radio, he would lean up. Fun fact about this. Song. Oh, yeah. I am totally useless <laughs> trivia guy. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and the entire time, everyone's kind of giving them the, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, man. And, and did you know man. that yada, yada? cool deal hey man real quick it, it, we're like turning it up just a little bit <laughs> but i gotta tell you about who mixed that one deep purple song over in england in 1974 bruh <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah i surround myself uh, with people that are smarter than me i have the music encyclopedia then we have our good friend chris that doesn't like make me smarter <laughs> That just means anytime I get dumbfounded on a question, I just throw it to one of you guys and I seem right? smart because I brought it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so people in bands are actually smart, but not about the right things. <laughs> right. It's like when it comes in handy, of course we're not smart about that, but it's like, Hey, do you know what day that record came out? <laughs> January 24th, 1974. That was the debut of the first Kiss record and it issued on Casablanca Records and it actually didn't feature Kissing Time for the first few pressings. That came as a later B-side. And then you can just keep it going. Your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Coffee. <laughs> I am totally being a trendy bitch right now and drinking Corona Extra. Yes. <laughs> as if there's not enough going around he has to have the corona i got extra stick it in my veins <laughs> no that that, that I, i'm i lead that whole poser life it's like even though we have a song called drinking again it's like i've i, I forget how many years alcohol sober i've been but it's like the most i ever do now is smoke but it's like i don't drink anymore the most i do is i'm, I'm addicted to nicotine and caffeine <laughs> Dude. Caffeine is fucking essential. I will say so myself. (laughs) I'm at that point now where I get my two o'clock in the afternoon cup of coffee. (laughs) The old man in it. Yes, pretty much. Hey, what am I doing? It's we're recording this at four thirty our time, and I'm still drinking coffee. So I mean, shit. (laughs) It's all good. Coffee's good at any time of the day as long as you can sleep. Let's talk uh, studio. work with this new record i'm hearing a lot of bells and whistles did y'all have like a uh different approach with this one as opposed to the last one as far as uh uh wanted to like uh expand on sounds and tones and things like that and uh vocal parts and things like that yeah we definitely did um in comparison to the record before at hot bang Mm-hmm. It's. i think it's way better and it's there's just so much more to it we really wanted to take Uh, the production work into consideration we wanted to hire a producer uh no okay i saw it yeah (laughs) you're good um so we wanted to hire a producer and then we were like oh fuck we're gonna run out of money if we do that so we have to like (laughs) we really have to focus on this ourselves and i think 
you know, considering like the work that we put into it, it turned out well. Um, we recorded at Rife Recording in Marion, Iowa, but we had a different guy mix it and he was in C Iowa City and he right. fucking nailed it. We were just like, we sent over one of the last Vegas albums and I was like, this is how I want it to be mixed. And he fucking nice. nailed it. <laughs> and it's and it's great nice when you're pull. able to work with right <laughs> and it's great when you're able to work with a producer or a mixer that actually listens to those cues and and i find it interesting the more people we talk to it seems like this their latest record that came out either this last year or this current year has kind of been their transformation record right they take everything yeah. into their own hands and they know where they want to put in uh, all their uh, shakers and their bells and whistles and things like that too mm -hmm. and actually yeah. learn how to make quote unquote make records Right, exactly. And plus, that just makes the process so much more fun because, you know, speaking for me personally, coming from, you know, a heavy punk rock, you know, Ramones, you know, kind of background where it was like, I wanted everything live tracked, you know, you get it in that take, guitars, everything, or we play it again kind of thing. And no click tracks. Yeah. I wanted it to be organic, you know, and that's, and that's how the first record was done. And then we went to a different studio for the second record and that guy was like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to bend a little bit, but the one thing you are going to do is use a click track motherfucker <laughs> and i'm like god damn it so it's like it we slow life easier <laughs> and i'm to the point now where i rely on it in the studio because i want the certain vibe to go the entire thing depending on the drummer because again we've worked with like 10 fucking different drummers <laughs> so now now running the gauntlet of drummers i now know anytime we go to the studio even if they want to whine about it it's best to have the click <laughs> exactly 100 we did the same thing i think we only used the click track for one song on our first album yeah and we're like, oh, what a fucking mess when we're mixing that shit. And I'm like, okay, let's just use a click. I don't care how much I hate it. Let's just do it. <laughs> Makes it easier to punch in and things like that too. I know, right? So was there anything that was probably the biggest lesson you've probably taken away from recording? Because you, you also seen someone that, you know, very, very much takes the bull by the horns. You help self mix, you know, you, you're very hands on with the creation of your music. So, you know, what, what's probably the biggest thing you probably learned between those first few records leading into this one? Because when I look, the unfortunate thing, and I don't know if you can relate, I'm sure you can, which is now when you listen to records, you listen to it in two ways. First, you listen to it from the fan's perspective, and then you listen to it from the producer's perspective. Yep. Because it's like you enjoy it as the overall package, but then you start going, well, I want to focus. Well, yeah, or you go, hmm, that's an interesting snare tone. I really didn't notice it until now I'm focusing on it. I, that's, but you know, I didn't notice it before, but that's not a choice I would have made. That's an interesting sound, you know, that right. sort of thing. When I listen to y'all's record, it feels like everything fit in such a way that there isn't anything that really was like, oh, that's an odd choice or, huh, I would have done something different. Everything just kind of matched up with, yeah, that's right. Yep. So it definitely feels like you've kind of taken and learned from those different things. So I really got to give it to my drummer. He was most involved with doing a lot of that. He would go down. I can't remember where I was or what I had to do, maybe work or else I was out of town or something Right. for another project maybe, but he was there in the studio more than I was and he fucking is very good with the production side of things so he was really like listening into that stuff and then he'd go listen to it in his car then he'd take it home and listen to a different speaker yeah. and really do all that and I think that because of him doing that it's helped me also do that and that has been one of the things like listen to it a fuck ton 
until you know, because now I'm looking back like, God damn it. I did not nail my guitar tone like I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the one, it, but the problem runs into, especially when it's a bit self-produced, like what we, everyone here does, you get excited because you feel like, oh, I finally hit it. I finally hit it. And it's like, you, you get excited and you're like, okay, just send it on through, just send it on through. It's done. It's done. It's done. I want to get it out there. And then, yeah. two, and then it's like a month or two months later, you're listening to it with completely fresh ears. You're tired of listening to it. You've listened to it so fucking much. I'm done. Send it off. It's done. Then you finally listen to it again. after you've listened to so many other things and you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> like, find, uh, what was i thinking find <laughs> one little thing that bothers you yes it could it, be just right? as it's, it's just and it'd be something that nobody else on the planet is going to notice but you oh no no one else is ever going to hear it it doesn't bother them oh that's it's absolutely fine but no it bugs you because you know what it could have done <laughs> but and, and you exactly. kind of and you kind of mentioned guitar tones uh how, what kind of systems and uh amps and guitars did y'all kind of run through going and kind of making the choice for this record um so at least on my part Stu always well okay i'll start with Stu. okay he always uses a very interesting setup i don't know a lot about it he has a lot of pedals i don't know a lot about pedals right I'm but you're, you're very much a plug and play yeah, exactly. You know, Joan Jet is so right. I'm like I was gonna say Joan Jet doesn't need it, I don't either. No. So <laughs> I, I like I like finding the head that has a good tone to it, just plug it in and go. And it's plus it's less amount of shit to go wrong during the live set. <laughs> exactly. Like shit, the I less just... problems you have, the better it's gonna go. Yes. So yeah. But he always has a super bitchin' sound. I don't know. He uses a lot of MXR pedals. And that's really good. And he, I think he used a Marshall for it, but I just used a Marshall and I think an MXR and I was like, that's it. But it sounded a little bit more like low to me rather. I, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what I was looking for with that. Now I'm like, why did I do that? Quick. It's bugging her. Sounded bugging her. Talk her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? no, that's a lead guitar player thing. Like I, I I'm having to cave in and get like clean boosts and shit like that. But I've always been that stubborn plug and play guy too. Like I've always preferred like one dimensional fucking single pickup guitars too, but, but like good one dimensional guitars. Yeah, exactly. You can get so much done with a little bit of stuff if you do it right. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like sets a challenge for yourself where you're just like, I can blend this volume and tone just right. Find its sweet spot. I'm not going to fucking let this room kill my, uh, <laughs> Kill my stubbornness. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so during this quarantine thing, uh, have you been tracking like personal demos? Like, have you? Did you get inspired during the whole thing of being like, "Ooh, I'm at home with my guitar now"? Right. Um, I feel like it's been a little bit difficult for me to write because right. I've been like, I write best by myself. Like, right. lock me in my room. Don't bother me. I'll be out after I'm done, you know, exactly. but now I'm around Jimmy a lot and I'm like, right. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. We should go eat. Oh, that's a good idea. And I'm just distracted and he's great. And then he'll play and then I'll get distracted by that. And I'm like, okay, I have to like <laughs> go somewhere by myself in order to get anything done. <laughs> I bet that is difficult, especially living with another musician during all this thing too. And it's like trying to find that time of separation of you work on your stuff here. I'll work on my stuff here. Don't steal my shit. <laughs> right. All of a sudden you um, walk through and you're like, Jimmy, God damn it. I was playing that earlier. <laughs> or like y'all right. in separate rooms jamming. You're like, maybe I like that, but why don't you try this? <laughs> right? Yeah. 
that's a definite Jimmy thing. He'll be like, well, how about this? And then I'm like, no, I need to write this song. (laughs) (laughs) You write your songs. I'll write my songs. (laughs) (laughs) But song battle later. So I should take some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think you have more than proven that you're extremely competent and capable and badass songwriter. So no, no worries on that front. (laughs) Thanks. I feel like it's a weird, like, tiny feminist thing I have. I'm like, don't help me. I'm a girl. I can do it myself. <laughs> and, and you know what? And, and the cool thing on that is, you know, we, we really kind of rarely touch on that sort of topic. So what, what do we know? We're two white dudes, you know, it's like, we, we don't have any sort of place on that, but that that's one thing I've even, not even consciously, but just kind of going into the interview is like, I don't even want to talk to you like you're a chick in a band. It's like, you are just another person in yeah. the music right. scene. We're, and we're all in the same boat. And, and that's one of the exactly. things I really, and that's one of the things I really dig about you is yes, you have your personality. You're still a female, but it's like, you just, you're in it, you know? And, and that's, and that's yeah. something that's extremely cool and refreshing. And I'm loving to see, you know, the boom in, you know, female rock and roll bands and, you know, and women getting empowered by that because it's an awesome scene to be in. And I think slowly but steadily folks are kind of realizing that, you know, most rockers don't, tolerate a lot of bullshit from dudes and when we find out that dudes are causing some bullshit in the scene we kind of quickly push them aside so it's like i think that's part of the reason that females have maybe felt a little bit more comfortable kind of coming out and enjoying this scene because we welcome you it's like yes (laughs) we want you to come have fun with us exactly to me it's really like you're either rock and roll or you're not have you yeah. ran into many problems of the whole, oh, you're a chick in a rock band or, oh, you're a chick in a band, this is the boys club thing? Or, ha- or have you gotten a pretty warm reception? Honestly, it's been really good for the most part. Usually it's like we don't really get any flack from any bands or dudes right. in bands or chicks in bands because sometimes it can get fucking catty as fuck for no reason. <laughs> right. Oh, we understand that, but again, not our place to talk on it. <laughs> but we have seen it firsthand. <laughs> right. Right exactly. here in this town. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I just it's one of those things where it's just like fuck it. I think my favorite thing is like when you walk into a club as a chick and you got your guitars, whatever is carrying in the amps and like a guy will be like your boyfriend's making you carry that in. And I'm like, yeah. I'm playing, bitch. <laughs> he is. So I just am like, yeah, he's a total dick. And then we get on stage later, and then they're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and, that, and that's the best way to go about it, too, because it's like you, you just showed your power. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, take <laughs> yeah. your assumptions, whatever. You'll see in a minute. <laughs> right, exactly. Just like. Look, leave me alone. I, this amp is heavy. <laughs> Look, to sit, stand there with your beer. You're, you're actually not playing tonight, okay? I, I have a job to do, thanks. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get up there and provide you the entertainment that you just gave me money for that you really just didn't know you did. It's like, you know what? You carry my guitar out. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the thing I do like after shows. Sometimes somebody be like, do you want help with your amp? And I'm like, yes. I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will take advantage of Southern manners tonight, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's hard when you wear platforms, man. Like, exactly. It's really hard. <laughs> well, and exactly. But that's my, my choice. 
Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and I was going to say, but that, but that's the ultimate power in your feminism is you also have the power of going, oh yes, please you strong man, go ahead. You please take care <laughs> right? of this while you get to sit back and enjoy your beer and take the money from the merch booth. <laughs> Honestly, I try not to let anybody carry my shit unless I'm like, okay, I really need help. Right now, I'm but, not having. <laughs> don't even just pull the singer card. Just the singer card is all you need in that scenario. <laughs> you know, it's actually funny because I've seen that to be so true with so many people. I'm oh, like, yeah. it's a thing. What? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like all the singers we know. They joke about it. Yeah, it's like, it's like they'll kind of look at us and you know, and do the whole thing of you know taking the microphone off, putting it in their case, and just walking away. But within a few minutes, they'll come back, you know, and help at least get guitar, guitars off stage or something. But right. no one takes that shit seriously. But when you do run into it, where that legit happens, you're like, holy, fuck. that's real, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, and it's different than if. <laughs> and it's different than if your merch guy also acts as the roadie and he's helping and you know, that that's a little different. But if you just leave the rest of the band to take care of the shit, it's like, come on, at least help the drummer. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. Exactly. The person who has the most parts, please help them. <laughs> yes. That was the only reason we took around an extra guy was to help set up drums quick in and out. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what it is. Cause it's like, I've got bad joints. I've, at the lovely age of 19, I found out I had arthritis. So yay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So for, for a minute, because we wanted to help the drummer out, it's like we just brought an extra dude and it's like, okay, you are literally our drum tech. Help our drummer, please. Please. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my shit. Don't worry about anything else. Just help our drummer load his shit in and out because he's fucking tired. Yeah. Right. Uh, I feel bad for drummers sometimes because they just fucking play the shit out of a show. And especially then for our like, style, especially for our style of music, and that always gets labeled as simple and basic and easy. Right, play, dude, get behind the kit and play three Ramon songs the way you're supposed to play it, and tell me that shit is easy. It's still physical right? as fuck. And hell, take it, play it like Johnny. Do the whole downstroke the entire time and match yeah. the hi hat timing. No, don't do that up and down bullshit, boy. Play it right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly that, and it's like part of a rock and roll show is the performance. Like yes. you have to put like, you know, kiss that's a fucking show and it always has been. And that has been an influence on me a lot. And I'm like, yeah, we're doing this shit with our guitars and whatever. Yep. And my drummer, holy fuck. That guy's a sweaty motherfucker after our shows. Cause he's like, doing this shit twirling sticks oh, <laughs> and and i love it because i think a lot more people are kind of taking that approach where it's like people that spend their hard-earned money to get through the door are sick and tired of just bands getting up there and not even moving around when they play it's like right. at least it's you can do is at least move around some i understand if you may be a little bit stage shy if you're still you know kind of getting out there but move around some dude yeah. you know i thought i was gonna see yourself. I, was, yes. I, I thought i was gonna be see a rock and roll show but y'all look like the fucking grateful dead this is boring as shit i know right it's like it's yes like, you're super talented but i'm bored i could listen to your record it's yeah. like i'm here to see a show come on y'all if you're not sweating by the end of it you hadn't done it right exactly who the cares if we, you sweat your makeup up? the thing we the thing we run into which i don't know kind of if you guys have kind of thought of it but it's like stage dressing it's like the, the kind oh, of yeah. things that's like you could kind of implement on stage to also kind of give that show performance i don't know what we could really pull for because it's like fog machine is so blase 
you know, and, and it's like neon lights are so expensive. <laughs> and then you see it and you're like, do they really need that? Right. Exactly. So there's like five people here and this is the tiniest room in Wisconsin or wherever. And <laughs> they spent so much money on this. Right. Honestly, it's such a thing. Like it's cool when bands do have that stuff. It's like, oh, that could be put to good use. But then again, it's another thing you got to put in your trailer. It's another thing that's this and that. And it might get in the way and something might go wrong. So it's just like, just make your bed sheet thing that has your band's name on it, hang yeah. it up behind you, and call it a day. <laughs> Maybe you bring some ego boxes. Right. And you quickly <laughs> find out uh, who the touring drummers are by how much of their drums they have every drummer i've had that's like hadn't really gone like and done a weekend run or a little three or four day run is always has this big beautiful setup and then it's like by yeah. the second or third time we do it it's Wax. like all of a sudden yep snare rack tom floor tom couple symbols that's it <laughs> yeah exactly and really what more do you need you really don't need much more. It's like all my favorite club shows uh they just came with the songs and the attitude and that was what made them the best shows i've seen mm -hmm. oh yeah i love it i miss it <laughs> no we hopefully we'll all be kind of getting back to this pretty damn soon i hope i know right <laughs> no nah. what well, it'll be a few months from now where we're talking about it there you go Sorry. yeah but it'll be a few months from now we'll be thinking back on this going like remember that thing that was weird for a few months yeah, and, and at least the one upside to all this that we've at least been able to kind of glean from it is, you know, even with our show, we, we've kept it where, you know, anyone that kind of drifted through town or anyone that we were able to meet up with, we would always just do something in person. During this whole outbreak, it's the first time we've done these, you know, Zoom calls or Skype calls or, you know, whatever. So it's been just really fun being able to talk with folks like you, Matt Gabs, Brad Robbers, you know, and just our Robbers. I always fuck that up. <laughs> you know, it's always, it's been nice to finally connect with these folks that, you know, we don't get to see often, you know, and even kind of give you guys a platform to kind of talk about what's been going on in your life, you know, and the music you're creating. Because nice. the unfortunate thing, it seems like everyone was gearing up for or just had a music release when all of this shit went down. Yeah, both of us had albums coming out. Both of us had release shows in the works. Yeah. That we were, was I was stoked about mine. Right? No, we. It, it's like, I'm sure you guys were in the same boat, just in that pure, just like denial the entire time. We were just like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's these other shows that are getting canceled. It'll be fine by the time it reaches ours. And then you're seeing right. like the weekend before and people in the group chat are getting real morose about it. And you're like, no, 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 it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Fuck it. We'll still do it anyway. It was like before like the government stepped in and said no more than 10 people. It was just like voluntary shutdown stuff. And I'm just like, fuck it. Right. We're still going to do it. We're not scared of nothing. Right. Yada, yada, yada. We'll do a live stream. It's fine. Oh, yeah. So. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. And it was like, shoom, everything. It was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, I guess so this bad. is time to take it seriously. <laughs> right. And vinyl, vinyl ain't cheap, so uh, <laughs> there's <know>. also that. <laughs> right. We took out a loan for ours, and we're like, okay, how do we pay it back now? Well, we can't play shows. <laughs> well, for our 10 listeners that listen, where can they pick up that vinyl copy? Because that's the most important thing. Yes, you can go to the rumors, spelled R-U-M-O-U-R-S, dot square, dot site, and Excellent. it will be there for you. And there's bitch and t-shirts and patches and buttons and everything you can dream of. 
Excellent. No, so you're definitely on top of the marketing game. I like it. (laughs) I'm always thoroughly impressed when I talk with people and they're like, oh yeah, I got my socials and my web store set up. And again, you would be surprised how many people don't have an online store set up. They really don't. Oh my God. We just got one at the end of last year and holy shit, it's it's super easy. And And the whole time we're like, it's going to be so hard. It's so much work. And it's like, no, it's not. You just got to fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it is such a big help, you know, and, and, and we get real, real with our, um, our audience, you know, we, we peel the curtain back a few times, you know, it's like, yeah, vinyl is fucking expensive. And it's like, we, we don't have any shame in saying, you know, yes, online sales help us. It's like, yes, please listen to our shit on Spotify, put it in your playlist, stream it all you want. You don't have to buy the digital download, but if you genuinely like it, buy the record, you know, it's like, we have no problem exactly. saying that because it's like the more that people support bands by doing these ventures like that, the more we get to give back to them, yep. you know? Exactly. So it's so like true. you, you start getting the return on the vinyl. You see, Oh, okay, cool. People are interested in this. And it gives you that little leg up get, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got funding for your next record. Thanks guys for right. buying this one. Now we get to go back and do it again because you bought the last one. <laughs> exactly. Vinyl is just so much cooler than CDs. It's and just it like, is. and it's one of those things when you see it for the first time and you're like, yeah. So this, so this one was your first vinyl release. Yeah. So oh. worth it. You pick it and you're just like, I'm not going to recover financially from this. Oh, God I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> this is so but cool. Damn, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, and especially I like when it. you get, especially when you get your test presses. And oh, it's just yeah, like, oh like, my God, I'm on this. Yeah. That's <laughs> how it was for me too. Oh yeah. I have, I definitely saved mine. It's like hanging up on my wall. I'm like, look at that little baby. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got enough that every member got their own and the producer got one, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's just like, we, we, we cherish those little things. It's like, it's because we're, we're realistic. Bands like us are never going to dominate the airwaves like, you know, bands used to. So it's like, you know, right. we, we know we're not going to sell out Kobo Hall for two nights straight. It's like, that's not in our future, but we can get a good cult following and we want to create memories with friends. Yeah. And it's like, this is exactly. an awesome memory to have, you know? Absolutely. That's the best a, part of it. Yeah. And I think it's a good time for rock and roll music, especially with the, uh, the little circuiting community we found, like we talked about earlier through online and through various events and things like that throughout the country, people are supporting more and people are putting out more quality work than ever, than ever. I especially like within the last five years. Oh yeah, I know. Right. It's crazy to me how like all of like all these bands that exist, they're absolutely just killing it and not a lot of people know about it. And it's like, we find out about it because we go play shows in places and meet these people. And then, you know, the word gets around and we get to know about it and we tell our friends and then yep. they're like, maybe I should go to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the biggest hurdle is just getting people to press play, you yeah. know? Oh, right. It's exactly like Spotify is great. Just download it. Even if I there's ads, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's our, it's our main thing. It's like we, we create music because we want to. And I say we, as in you, me, everyone else we've ever had yeah. on this show, we all create music because we want to. It's like, if we can make a golf of it so we can continue to do it, fantastic. But at the end of the day, I want you to be able to go, I love this song, you know, because we know how a music affects us. And it's like, if we can make one person go, Oh my God, yes. What you created musically hits me. Like the music you grew up to listening to hits you. That just means we did. It's a job well done. 
exactly that's really like that's at the end of the day people word it however they want to but that seems to be the unanimous answer and your heart's in the right place with it and, it and it shows through in the music and i think that's why it just it's latching on like it is so yeah i'm really digging the record and since Yay. this is kind of music centric and we kind of be wrapping up here i figure it's about time for us to dig on into our spotify playlists and figure out what the hell we've been listening to yes what you listening to son i don't think you like it well why not i like this new generation of music Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Cap, what the hell have you been listening to? I've been listening to this band out of Nashville called uh, Josai. You even, you fucked it up. We went through all of that. You still fucked it up. What, what was it? <laughs> Josai? Gossi. Gossi. <laughs> it's spelled G-Y-A-S-I, and they're a badass rock and roll band out of uh, Nashville. I want to say Ricky really Dober. Good. I want to say Ricky Dober Jr. plays uh, all the guitars on it, and that uh, the bass player from Blackfoot Gypsies was in the band when they made this record. And there's all kinds of like weird, you know, '70s vibes to it. Like there's disco songs, there's full-on Led Zeppelin rippers, there's a couple like Stones groove songs to it. Nice. I like it a lot. And the singer's very androgynous and kind of has like a Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie mm-hmm. kind of vibe to him. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, y'all have been playing them a lot lately, and it's, it's slowly been kind of leaking in. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. Shit, I need, I need to start listening to that record a lot more. Nashville's got a, got a pretty good uh, set of rockers, or at least a little tight-knit group over there, too, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, Carly, what the hell have you been listening to? Um, I've been listening to Alice Cooper a lot oh, lately. Yes. Hell, yeah. That's thing. Uh, you know, love it to death. Can't oh, go yeah. wrong with that. That's probably my favorite, either that or Killers. I was going to say Killers is definitely my favorite. No, Killers is Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, Killers. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) No, Killers is Iron Maiden. Killer is Alice Cooper. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, Have you been able to catch uh, Coop on any of his tours? Uh, Yeah. I think I've seen him two or three times. And it's been great. Actually, I was supposed to see him last month, and my mom was like, we got meet and greet tickets. And I was Fuck. like, and guess what didn't happen? I know it. <laughs> Damn. I'd go see him and it's his okay, band. The show's rescheduled though. <laughs> good. I, I could go see him and his new band like every day of the week. They're so good. I know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That, that is a band that seriously does not disappoint. I've, I've only been able to see them live once, but like seeing the live show matches like all the videos you see and all the videos are still just spot on. So this is, and it's cool because he's kind of leaned into his age. He actually does his makeup to actually make him look older and like the decrepit, you know, kind of character now. So it's like, he leans into that and it's just, he's slowly evolved and the music he still puts out is fantastic. I know. uh, That breadcrumbs EP where he kind of did like covers of like old bands and shit. Damn great EP. I got an Alice Cooper story real quick. Uh, Last time I saw him, he was a support act for deep purple, which I get Deep Purple's billing spot or whatever, but they followed the full-on Alice Cooper show, and it was weird. <laughs> Deep Purple just looked like a bunch of... They just looked like a bunch of... They looked like the really old dudes that they were after Alice Cooper's band. <laughs> God. As much as I love Deep Purple, it was kind of... Uh, it just was... Uh, I try, can't think of the word. <laughs> underwhelming. Awkward. Yeah. Very <laughs> awkward and underwhelming. Got to hear Highway Star, though, so that was badass. 
That's awesome. Isn't it always awkward when you like see a band and then the headliner comes on and the band before killed it and everybody's like, um, this sucks. And at least for me personally, that's what happened on the Alice Cooper show because it was the Alice Cooper Rob Zombie tour. And oh, about, about five, we'll see about five songs in zombie said, I'm just like, yeah, I'm a bit bored. <laughs> Cause he just kind of runs and is out of breath by the, like the second song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just I know, that, right? that style of music just never struck me. I get why it's popular and I don't think there's anything wrong with this. It. Just that style just never struck and hit with me. But yeah, I'm so, yeah, that was neither here nor there. Cooper fucking killed it, though. <laughs> yeah. I've, been listen, uh, I've been listening to, uh, actually kind of rolling on that same mind frame. Uh, Michael Graves actually released a record in 2013 called Lost Skeleton Returns, where he kind of re-recorded some old Misfit songs and some of his solo material kind of with his new band, which is a bit more melodic, a little bit more slower, not quite horror punk, almost just kind of alternative rock. And uh, okay. that was, and it was off Spotify for the longest time, and uh, it just finally got back on. And so, just kind of re-listening to that one, it's—I wouldn't say it's a fantastic record, but it was just one of those when, especially when it came out, still super hardcore, Misfits, Glenn Danzig, Michael Graves. I didn't give a fuck. I loved yeah. all the eras. I <laughs> leave it alone. It's music, <laughs> and and it was really interesting hearing like those new takes on it, and hadn't heard it in years. So just been kind of digging back into that, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, were you ever a Misfits fan at all? I love Danzig so yes. much. <laughs> Again, happy Mother's Day. Mother. Oh, God damn it. I had to. Yeah, I oh, had God. to. We almost made it through. We almost made it through without a joke. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Well, Carly, thank you again so much for coming on and having some fun with us. And uh, do you have any addition? We've already plugged the record. People know where they need to get that. Is there any additional stuff you want to tell the fine folks on where they need to follow you on the social medias or any other fun stuff you want to plug? Just go check out, you know, the rumors, but spell it with a U, the English way. Otherwise, you're going to find a Fleetwood Mac cover band. Right. And- <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, just stay rock and roll. Go check out all the bands. If you got the money, buy the T-shirts from all your favorite bands and things right now because bands are struggling. Look at the live videos. Do the thing. Speaking of live videos, are you doing the live acoustic shows uh, every week on Facebook? Um, It seems that that's how it's been working lately, but Mm -hmm. I'm taking a break right now for a little bit so I can write something new instead of playing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So... That's well, what if I'm anything that kind of helped jump kick you back into at least playing some to the point where you can force yourself to get bored and then write something new. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and we always like playing a tune at the end of this episode. So what r- new rumors tune would you like us to be dropping in right about now? You should put in You Suck Baby. <laughs> Excellent. Right on. So check that out. And Cap, do you have a damn outro for us? Yes. R.I.P. to the architect, Little Richard. Woo! <laughs> Beautiful, Captain. Beautiful.
Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash something good network.